Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 51 The Harrowing Hedge Over the demon's shoulder I could see the trees at the edge of the forest huddled tightly together like conspirators. Beyond them was the darkness and somewhere in the darkness creatures that could easily rip the limbs from my body. There was time to move on but I ignored the fear shivering through me and looked from the trees to the demon. What's wrong with the path to the deposit point? I demanded. Is it dangerous? The demon shrugged and smiled. It's a trap. Captain Earl is waiting at the end of it. He hoped that you might find Numa and that I'd lead you both to him by pretending to take you to the harrowing hedge. Even if you didn't find your spouse, he still hoped to have fun with you. Don't look surprised. I'm a demon. Treachery and devilment is what I do. I would have got a promotion either way, bigger horns, more visits to the city, see all the fun of the fair, try out the rides. And now? And now I have to ask you a question. Ask me, but make it quick. Did you mean it when you said you would pray for me, if you managed to escape from here? No, I admitted. I just said it because it felt the right thing to say. Ah... Maybe we should get you some little horns too. But I mean it now. Help me, and every day orisons will be spoken for you. The demon leaned towards me. Her eyes now were pale and sickly. So be it, she said. I will take you another path, but I can only go so far. Then you'll be on your own. You should be able to see the harrowing hedge from the spot I leave you. When we get there, my advice is to run. Run at that awful plant with all the speed and vigour you have. Run fast enough, and you may make it to the hedge before the visions destroy you. Things were bad, but at least now I had a choice. Wait at the clearing to be slaughtered and eaten, or travel with a treacherous fiend to a place where I would be almost certainly driven mad. How do we get there? I asked. Climb on my back, cling on tight, and keep your head down. The speed I'll be going at, you wouldn't want to hit a branch. It would be very messy. With a grim smile, I mentally added branch impalement to my options. demon turned and bent her knees. I put my hands on her shoulders and jumped onto her naked back. Her skin was cold and rough against mine, like the skin of a dogfish. The demon gave a last instruction. 
keep your head down and your arms and legs tucked in, then moved. The trees and grass and sky suddenly became strips of undulating colours, black, green, blue, brown, that alternated between blurring into a muddled mixture before settling into clear images again, then blurring once more. The wind whistled and slapped at my face and ears, growing louder and stronger, until I was forced to shut my eyes. And all the while I heard the deep rhythmic pant and rasp of my escort and felt her body rising and falling as she raced on. I would have yelled for joy, but the wind snapped my jaw shut and boxed my ears for good measure. But nothing could stop the excitement and exhilaration pumping through my body as my heart beat quicker and quicker and my lungs filled up with great gasps of clean cold air and, with every exhalation, expelled all my doubts and fears. I brimmed with joy and hope. Then the demon screamed. Screamed and stumbled back as if she had been shot. She fell on top of me, her screams growing louder and more wretched. She tumbled off me and began to rock backwards and forwards on the ground, her hands over her face, her legs bent up to her belly. I crawled over to her and grabbed a hold of her shoulders but could not stop her rolling back and forth. God help me, but my overwhelming feeling at that moment was not horror or sorrow, but a bright blazing anger. The full screaming would alert all our enemies. Suddenly aware of danger, I looked up and saw we were on a wide path with trees along both sides and branches meshed and twined overhead. This gloomy, cold tunnel of vegetation continued onwards for a hundred yards or so, then ended at what looked at first like a wall. As my eyes adjusted to the dim light, I could see the wall was a plant. A great hedge, from whose thickly interwoven twigs and branches great spikes protruded. The base of the hedge was as thickly wooded and barbed as the rest of it. I gazed upward, but its thorny body stretched up so high that I could not see its top. The demon was quieter now, but her whimpering was more awful than any shriek or roar. It was the sound of utter damnation, and I, who had been so enraged minutes before, put my arms around the creature and pulled her to me. For a moment her hands slipped from her face, and I briefly glimpsed an image in her left eye of a young female creature cradling a sleeping infant. I ran too near, she sputtered against my chest. Then her body shook, and a moan came from her, low and deep, like the wretched mowing of beasts before they are sacrificed. Around us the trees seemed nearer, the path darker and colder. Demon bent further into me, her horns pressing into my breast. Run, she hissed. Run as fast as you can. With that, she pushed me away. She tried to stand, 
but her body flexed as if shot through with a thousand electric volts and she fell once more. This time she would not let me give her aid. Keeping her head turned away from me, she grabbed my leg and hissed, Pray for me! I said nothing. There was nothing to say. I stood up, shaking with fear and trepidation. With a foul curse, I punched and kicked the air in front of me, opened my mouth and screamed at the awful harrowing hedge. Screamed and screamed till the screams filled my blood and my brains. Filled me with a scarlet raving madness and then I launched myself forward, all the while staring at that terrible living barbed barrier. Fast I ran, my legs pumping, my mouth bellowing, my eyes unblinking. But I got no further than three yards before the hedge vanished and the appalling visions began. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Marcus Marcus and the Hurting Heart. If you enjoyed the story, please tell friends, family and ancient enemies. Stay tuned for future episodes. If you enjoy the story, you can support my work by donating the price of a coffee. The details are in the episode notes. And mind, look after yourselves. Wash your hands. Keep your distance, wear your face masks and be cheery and patient with everybody around you, socially distanced around you. Alright, stay tuned.